boom shakalaka, what's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, in today's video, I wanna talk about the one unique strategy that has led to 100% of the people who come to our trainings, getting out there, doing miracles on the streets, preaching the gospel, and doing the stuff. My name is RK Castillo. I'm part of a group of followers of Jesus who have said yes to the Great Commission and the Greatness Commission. Barnard Research Group found that 51% of Christians have no idea what the Great Commission is. We will change that. We believe in finishing the Great Commission by reaching every person with the good news of the Kingdom of God and discipling all the nations. We do this by living the Greatness Commission every day. We serve, we love God, and we love people. We believe that every follower of Jesus is called to demonstrate the greatness of God through signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. The works of the ministry are no longer just for the pastor or the professional preacher. Every follower of Jesus is called to do the works of the ministry. We can no longer just sit on the pew or in the chair in the church. My job is to empower and equip you to do great things with and for God. I am a commissionary, and these are some strategies for you to be one too. Now, my name is RK Castillo, uh, and I'm like you, man. I was a pastor for more than 10 years. Uh, I've been a missions leader in missions for more than a decade plus, and I kept on having this frustration, man. I would preach and teach week after week at church, and I, I just couldn't get my people to go and do this stuff. And then as an evangelist, we would travel the world and speak in stadiums and get you know, thousands and thousands of people raise their hand and say yes to Jesus. But I couldn't get them to go and do this stuff, man. And it's just, it just bothered me because I knew there was more. And so one day we started to do something different. And when we tried this, this one thing, all of a sudden, people started to actually go and do what we taught. And man, I remember in, in one of our trainings, we had this guy, he was this, this old guy, his, his name was Jose. And um, we had a whole bunch of uh, young people and then this one, this one old guy. He came up to us in the middle of one of our outreaches and goes, hey, it's so easy to lead people to Jesus. We said, well, yeah, Jose, it is. He says, I'm going to go back. I'm going to lead my whole city to Jesus. And we're like, yes, you need to go do that. So you know what he did? Went home. You know, he would work. He was an old farmer. He worked on the farm, finished milking his cow, went, took a shower, wouldn't let his neighbor to Jesus. The next night, finished working on the farm, milked his cow, took a shower, wouldn't let the other neighbor to Jesus. And within, within a couple months, he had a small group in his house of more than 60 people. It, it took him and a group in his church, it took him about three years, but they reached every single home in their city three times. So they impacted an entire, an entire city. Then they began to send other people to plant churches and ministries in other parts of the nation. And it all, be, it all happened because we started focusing on this one thing. Doing this one thing has made the biggest difference to impacting entire cities and regions. And this one thing is what I began to call making worker makers. So in Luke chapter 10, Jesus says to pray before he sends his disciples out on outreach. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to raise up workers for the harvest. That tells me something. The harvest is plentiful. There's plenty of people that are out there ready to say yes to Jesus, give their lives to him, right? What does Jesus say is lacking? 
workers. What's interesting is at that time when Jesus told him that, he had all of his disciples with him. So if he's telling them the workers are few and he's telling them to pray and he's sending them to go out and find workers, where are the workers going to come from? The workers for the harvest come from the harvest. So we began to do this one thing and completely shifted everything in our ministry to go after this one thing. Finding, training, and sending worker makers. So how in the heck do you find workers and how do you know if you found a worker so today i want to talk about this one strategy that we've been using among many to help us find workers and find them quickly i call it the the no plan b strategy right now um one of my best friends he he traveled with the same group that i did the same ministry that i did and he he worked in brazil now he began to have the same kind of frustration that i did man with like we're preaching all the time, we're teaching, and, and he was speaking in camps, and he, he was just kind of getting sick and tired of having to go and speak at these camps. And then, man, the kids wouldn't begin to do this stuff. You know, you could preach and preach and preach and preach, and they're not doing anything. So this camp calls him, and he says, I want to try a new strategy. And um, they say, what do you want to do? And so he implemented the strategy that I'm going to talk about. And guess what happened? They all, at this camp, they all started to do the stuff, even though a bunch of them didn't want to. They all saw God do miracles that day. They, uh, there was even one group of people who didn't want to go do it. They ended up seeing a person get up and walk up out of a wheelchair. And uh, when a group of hundreds of young people at a camp, when they all began to see God do miracles right in front of them, that changes young people's lives. And so... When he told me about this thing that he started to do, we decided, man, we're going to do this in every single one of our schools. Uh, so uh, we started a, a, an extreme evangelism school, we call it extreme evangelism school. We started that, you know, over 10 years ago. We said every single time we do this school, we're going to make them do this like the first day of the training. We're going to call the students in. We're going to say, hey, bring, bring some walking shoes and some water. Um, you're going to be walking. They come in. We haven't taught them. We haven't trained them anything. We say, hey, every single one of you has to see a miracle today. You have to have a video of it on your phone or you can't come back. And we send them out to the streets and they have, they have to see miracles that day, right? There is no plan B. They have to do it. Even if it takes them all day long, they have to see a miracle that day. And guess what happens? They all do it. Every single one of them will see a miracle that day, 100% of them. Now, I think the fastest, the fastest miracle that we saw happen was in like maybe two or three minutes. They went and found someone, prayed for them. God did a miracle. They took a video testimony of it on their phone and came back, right? The longest it's taken is like over a day, you know? I think one time we had, we had a, uh, took a guy until three in the morning. They usually leave around like 10 or nine in the morning. You know, <laughs> he, he was out there all day. He'd come back, you know, you get these, these students come back, they yell at you, they scream at you, they say mean things to you and they insult you. They, you know, sometimes they come back crying and it's like, you just have to say, look, there is no plan B. We have to see this happen today. There's no, no other option. You'll see it. hundred percent of them will see it that day. And what happens? they begin to have this idea that God can actually use me. Now, 
Why miracles, right? Why do we say you all have to see miracles? Now, I did a study once. I noticed in, in the Gospels and the Book of Acts where it would say things like news spread quickly about Jesus or word about Jesus spread quickly. And I wanted to see what caused that. It was a word of mouth epidemic where it spreads, the, the, the news about Jesus spread over an entire region. I wanted to see what caused the epidemic. 90 to 95% of the time, what caused a Jesus epidemic where people began to talk about the good things Jesus was doing, nearly every single time it was a demonstration of the power of God through a, a miracle, a deliverance, raising the dead, you know, uh, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, so I realized that doing miracles is not optional. It's actually a command of Jesus in Matthew 10 and Luke 10 and, and Mark 16, right? Like, so we've made miracles something that only special people in the church do or special ministers, you know, traveling ministers do. No, doing miracles is the birthright of every single follower of Jesus. And we want people to actually do this so that they actually get used to saying, man, like this is not just for some guy that has this special gifting, this is for me, right? I can do this stuff. So that's why we focus on miracles. Now, there's a time where Jesus walked up to a tree. He wanted fruit from it, but there was no fruit. And Jesus says, man, this tree is cursed. And it says it wasn't even the season for fruit. So why do we demand fruit from our people? Because if you're going to stand before Jesus, he's going to say, look, I asked you to do this. I command you to do this. So we want to demand people do the thing that Jesus called them to do with no plan B, right? You have no option to stand before Jesus and say, I didn't do the thing you commanded me to do. Heal the sick, cast out demons, you know, raise the dead, that kind of thing, right? Like we have no option to not do the things that Jesus commanded us to do. <laughs> Can I get an amen? So we have to demand fruit from our people. And if you want to see 100% of the people in your ministry do this thing, like you have to actually get them to go and do it, to see that they can. There's something about that thing that happens when they say, man, I can actually do this. Uh, in a previous video I did uh, talking about the Jesus funnel, we talked about the difference of how Jesus um, ministered to the crowd versus how he ministered to the core, right? He ministered completely different to the crowd than he did for the core. Did you know that three-fourths of the Gospels are his interactions with the disciples versus one-fourth of the Gospels are his interaction with the crowd? So think about that. There's a three-to-one ratio of Jesus treating his disciples versus him interacting with the crowds. So Jesus spent time with his disciples and when he sent them out to do the miracles and, and signs and wonders. Like, you know that Jesus sent his disciples out to do miracles in Luke chapter 10 before he taught them how to pray. That was Luke chapter 11, right? So demanding fruit, right? This no plan B strategy is for uh, kind of the middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel type of thing. Like as a pastor, I couldn't send 100% of my people in the church out to do miracles in the street. It wouldn't have worked. But as a trainer and the people that I'm discipling, I 100% can. So just think about that as, as you're a, a pastor or a ministry leader or whatever, and you want to get your people to do it, man, find that core group of people. So not the crowd, the core group of people that you're training and say, hey, today we're going to do this. 
and they're not going to be an option to not do it. You're going to go do miracles on the street today. Bring a video of it on your phone and then you can come back. <laughs> right? That's, I mean, that's just, that's the best way to get people to go and do it. And we also have another exercise that we do a couple days later after we send them to actually get this to be built as a habit in their lives. But, you know, we'll do another video about that later. Now, go and actually implement this in your church, in your ministry, in your discipleship group. Let me know how it goes in the comments down below. If you have any other questions of what we do, how we do it, man, ask a question down below. I'll make another video helping you figure out how to do it. Also, this is one of the strategies of many in the Worker Maker community. Now, the Worker Maker community is a place where you can get uh, discipleship, mentorship, training on how to go and implement all of the Worker Maker strategies. It's also a place that you can get all the tools and the, the strategies that we've created. This is just one of many of the strategies that we use to help and train and send people to find their place in God's plan to finish the Great Commission, right? So if you would like more tools, more training, some personal coaching, mentorship, click on the link in the description down below. Love to help you out. Love to get these tools into your hands so you can go out there and multiply more worker makers. Can I get an amen? All right, now go out there and make Jesus famous. If you'd like step-by-step -step tools and trainings to help you finish the Great Commission, head over to PurposeConcepts.com where you'll find tons of free resources.